1: Mm-hmm.
2: Welcome to the Talking Halo's Podcast. This is Derek C. Paul with John Crane, and we're here to take a look at, well, the Angels dropping a series in Minnesota, but I saw a lot of positives, I gotta say, gotta say it. Also, we're gonna have the Diamond Digest's Jared Timms on for an interview with us. He's gonna discuss the Angels' farm system and what he expects from the team in the upcoming 2019 Major League Baseball Draft. John, how you doing, buddy?
3: I am pretty good. I'm looking forward to the Angels getting back home so that I can actually watch a game live.
2: Well, why aren't you watching games?
3: Uh, I, I, I I I do something forty hours a week. <laughs> oh Jesus! <like, geez>, oh, <laughs> yeah, excuses. Oh. I'm on the west coast, you know, not in Minnesota. Are you? Are you seriously? <laughs> you're
2: going there? You are going to go there? I'm on the east coast. I have to. <laughs> When do I watch games? Angel home games come on at 10, 10.30 and at night. When do you <laughs> think I'm watching games? In the wee hours of the morning. While you are just chilling like a villain, watching the sun go down, watching the Angels win. So, I don't want to hear you, oh, they made an East Coast trip, oh, oh. <laughs> you know what I did? You just get a Moby TV, that's what you
1: do.
2: The what happened? Well, there's the, the, they have the radio plan. So you can listen to wherever they are or you can get the whole MLB TV. But since you already get half the team's games, there's no point in getting MLB TV in my opinion because if you already – the only time you're going to hear their games or watch their games is when they're out of town, right?
3: Yeah, they block me out a lot on those too. and and yeah. yeah.
2: You want to get the radio broadcast. But but (laughs) What am I thinking? You have the radio broadcast. You're there. Why aren't you just listening at work?
3: Well cuz I'm in a place where I can't work. I work in a large, very, very large building that has very poor uh, internet reception. Oh my so gosh. I used, I, could, I used to work at a branch that I I used to work at a branch that I could actually would be able to listen more, but now no, not where I work now. Oh,
2: you're – I you know I don't know. For me.
3: For me. You're, you're For supposed me. to
2: be the fan here, the the, the diehard, and, and you know what? Just – I can't take the excuses. All right, folks. While he's still making excuses, we're getting started here. But if you like what we're doing and you are enjoying the show – please check us out on iTunes and subscribe. We really would enjoy, we'd be thankful, we'd appreciate a five-star review to help us move the charts. And if you want us to earn that five-star review, hey, email us at talkinghales at gmail.com and give us your feedback. As of yet, we have not had anybody send us an email letting us know what you think of the show. Hey, do it, please. And if it's some good stuff, we'll even write it. We'll even talk about it on the show. If you're a new listener and you are enjoying the show, here's the big favor. Hey, text a fellow, Yo- fellow Angels fan. And let them know about our podcast. It takes time to get this in to grow. But what I'm telling you, in case you haven't missed it, in case you're under a rock somewhere, we've been bringing guests on like crazy. And we got our guests on today. We've got a Royals expert coming on tomorrow and an excellent guest from the L.A. Times this week as well. So we're pretty stoked about what we're doing, about what we're bringing you. And I hope you really are enjoying the show. Okay, so the Angels dropped two out of three in Minnesota I'm not ticked. Let me say it again. I'm not upset. Are you?
3: No, I'm not upset at all. In fact, I'm. I'm real. I'm optimistic again about the off. Well, optimistic about the offense. I'm really optimistic about the offense. It's only going to get stronger very soon when Epton returns. So, the Angels
2: win Game One of the series five four. Very. I mean, all three games against the Twins were really good games. Uh, they dropped last night four three. They rally, fall short. Otani, our boy Otani, gets caught the plate. Oops. Okay. And then say the rally falls short, 8-7 loss at Minnesota. All three games are great games. What was your overall take on the series?
3: Well, Mike, you know, they really did. They, they were on They were uh, on uh, Otani last night. And uh, did, did, do we not have a third-base coach that waves him in or stops him?
2: Well, yeah, and it didn't go well.
3: Let's just yeah. be real about that. I mean – Oh, oh, I understand. I just think it's interesting. I was watching his interview last night with his um, uh, interpreter, and I tend to think that they ask him, I almost think they ask him tougher questions because they're not asking him directly, they're asking Ipe. So uh, I just, it was interesting because they were really going on about it a lot. Um, I didn't, you know, like I said, I get to see it on tape delay, but. Uh, I just thought it was, but overall, if you're referring to the uh, whole series, I loved our offense. Our offense, I, I'm really starting to feel really good about our offense. Um, we just got a problem on the other end of the plate, the other side of the plate.
2: Well, it's starting pitching all the way. He game one of the series, even Tyler Skaggs, five innings pitch. a tip. Gives up four earned runs. Walks three dudes. Gives up two home runs. The bullpen saves him. Justin Anderson strikes out the side. Ty Buttrey gets two strikeouts and in two innings. And Robles,
0: the undertaker,
2: with a strikeout. <laughs> and he an pitch to, get, to earn his fourth save of the year. That's game one of the series. A bullpen, four strong innings. You need more than five innings pitched out if you're starting pitching that game. 5-4. The Angels hit get 15 hits, man. 15 hits. That's a nice game, three
3: of five for Trout. Hey, we talked about we talked about that. We have a little difference, you know. You you uh, you score what what they score today? They scored eight, seven seven runs, seven runs, and they don't get the win. That's all you need to know about where our where our issues lie, John. It's not even that they had eighteen hits in that game, man.
2: Eighteen hits, eighteen.
3: Hey, uh, the, the the I was going to tell you this, before, You know, the the ladies love the long ball, and that's why I. <laughs> it's fun to watch, but it's heartbreaking to.
2: Well, say so. Yesterday's game, the opener doesn't work out. Cam Bedrosian gives up. A, um, he he actually takes the loss. Can you believe this? Cam Bedrosian takes the loss in one inning pitch, gives up one earned run, gets two hits, and he gets the loss. Uh, Felix Pena gives up three earned runs in five innings. The, the the line looks a little worse than what it actually was. He was pretty strong overall. He just, especially in you know the fifth, sixth coming in there. That third and fourth inning tough for him. Taylor Cole two strong innings does get two walks, kind of puts things away late with four strikeouts. I look at that game and think, you know what? It was just a good game. Just a good game, but the Angels eleven hits, John. You sense a theme here. Eleven hits. Um, just of note, that was also Justin Bohr's last game. We're going to talk about that a little bit later too.
3: I just, you know, I, what do you think of this? Let's uh, we can just revisit briefly this uh, opener. Um, I, I, I see it almost as like a, a, a way a way to make our starters make it to the fifth or to the sixth or to make them feel better, to make fans feel better that our starter made it into the sixth inning because he had an opener. Um, I, I, I'm not seeing the benefit either way here. Do you have any, any take on this opener
2: thing? Well, it's, it's the premise again. Remember, the premise is you are getting your starting pitcher – away from those first three batters, okay? And so if your opener takes care of those first three guys... If. If. It's actually... It works out well. But yeah. what you really want is a starter you trust to start the game, period. Because yeah. that puts you in a position right now. Cam Bedrosian, he he pitches that... And he's done for the rest of the day. What if you need him later? He's done. So I, I don't like it too much overall, but you understand where the Angels are coming from because right now they just don't have starting pitching. Here's today's line. Trevor Cahill, four and third inning, uh, six hits, six earned runs, only one strikeout. Oh, and by the way, he only gave up one home run today. Only one. he do? Okay. <laughs> Luke Bard comes in because of two runs. Uh, Noe Ramirez and Cody Allen, they do fine at inning and two-thirds. I'm uh, sorry, for Noe and Gives up a hit. Cody Allen gives up a hit in an inning, but they do fine. The team rallies, almost comes back to win this thing late. Uh, they, that's the frustrating part for me right now. For the Angels, is they are hitting the ball very well. In all three games, they reached double digit hits. Eighteen hits today. When you have eighteen hits in a ball game, you should be winning that ball game.
3: I Am I wrong? No, absolutely. We we talked about this. I, I think you could even score. I think you should score a few. Left. I think you should. We just score four runs. You should. You should win the game. But I mean, we're 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 really starting to hit on all this. I mean, this Tommy Listella is uh, found a nice groove in the opening spot. Um, and uh, and David Fletcher. We never really talk about David Fletcher. This guy has is has, has really kind of dug himself into as in, into a, a regular uh, lineup position.
2: Well, he's done very well, and he, what I really like about him is that he's just so versatile. I and mean, We find that out about Billy Epler, and that's what Jarrett Timms talks about later in our interview, is that the Angels are doing a really good job of finding players who are versatile and can move around. And that's a really big plus for the lineup right now when you're kind of hodgepodging people here, moving them around there, and it's, it's really neat to see him perform well, whether he's at third base or in left field. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Jared Walsh gets the call-up today. Goes three for five. Nice. nice. Hit first base. Justin Bohr's option down. And quite frankly, I think we can all say it was probably time for him to go. And, I think he would and, tell you it was time for him to go.
3: And the angels wept when they said to
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to ram on the guy's parade. or not. There's no parade. I'm not trying to come down on him. I would think if you are honest about yourself, when you're hitting 163 through 43 games, there's something wrong with your swing, and you need to go somewhere where you can work on it. So, I mean, Justin Bohr's never been a been a guy who hit for average, but at 163 in 43 games, it's time to go. And you know what, Zach Kozar better wake up too. 136, he's, you know, the, his spot may be gone as well. They're going to start moving him. He's 33 years old, and what we're starting to see, Joe, we've talked about this, haven't we? We've talked about the plan.
3: What was the plan? Do you remember? The plan is the, the plan is that this this season really isn't is about growing. This not not about contending. It's about growing. It's about filling in spots that we have. But I, I don't see any plan as far as the pitching re- pitching goes. But I, I already told you we're we are an up and away from me having be me being very content with this lineup that we have.
2: All right, so let's, let's roll. You let's roll this. Jason Reed, oh, our favorite guy from the LA Sports Hub. He's back again. Yes, our Dodgers fan who's writing about the Angels over at FanSided. He writes this article here, um, talking about how the offseason mistakes are becoming evident and with the Angels and how all these one-year contracts are we're going to them. I don't. Matt Harvey, Jonathan DeCroy, talking about him, Justin Bohr, Cody Allen, Trevor Cahill. I don't get. The thinking that people are so sold that this was the Angels plan long term. This buying just, buy just giving you guys a bunch of one year contracts and thinking oh, this will work. That was never the plan, right? I mean Yeah, no,
3: no, no, this is not. Yeah, no, the plan is to, to clear out some space. And I think the one the one that what the man's complaining about is one year contracts. Well yeah, that why do you give somebody a one year contract? Did they give Trout a one year contract? No, they didn't, because you're not in their long-term plans.
2: You only give a one-year contract when you are getting a stopgap. And what really kind of annoys me, LaCroix, Jonathan LaCroix, listen, I'm not a big LaCroix fan overall in terms of his, he's not doing real well managing in terms of, of wild pitches and so on and so forth. He's not, That that's my complaint on LaCroix. But everywhere else, he's doing a very good job. He's doing a great job working with the bullpen. He's he's hitting 269. he He's been really hot of late. And yet, in his article, Reed picks apart his last 15 games. As if a major league baseball player has never had a slump before. Never. Do we really think that the Angels look at LaCroix as their long-term guy? Trevor Cahill, Cody Allen, Matt Harvey. You hope Matt Harvey figures it out. You really do, right? You kind of hope that the Dark Knight can rise above his past, but we don't really. You're, you're not banking on them. If you. If you're banking on them, you sign them for more than a one-year contract, dude. Go back to covering the Dodgers, man, because you're not paying attention to the plan. If you don't know the team and you don't know them well, don't write about them. Really, don't write about them. If you don't, if you can't, if you don't know how this is functioning, just man, just just let it go. Seriously.
3: Got yeah, because right there, who does, does does Trout have a one year contract? No.
2: Does Anderson like, Simmons no,
3: have a one year contract? No. <laughs> does Shohei Otani have a one year contract? No. No, no. It's 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 a, does Andrelton Simmons have a one year contract? No. I mean, the, the, yeah. I just I, I like I said I I didn't come into this season with expectations. I I, I came into this season to see us develop. And I think we are developing on, definitely on the offense. I mean, we're seeing the development in the offensive sure. side. We, we're a juggernaut, but, you know, they, I, I'm sure they're not just going to depend on us to score nine runs. I don't think that's the long-term plan. Well, and we're, and we're looking at a team that is going to have to win
2: through their hitting. That's just how it's going to be. The, the starting pitching is, well, it's horrid. And I guess that's where I kind of want to go here is – what do you do? I'm looking at Trevor Cahill on specific going, dude, it's it's not working, man. It's not working. Your your pitches aren't right. And he's always been a consistent guy. What is wrong with Trevor Cahill? What is going on with him that he cannot get the job done? If I'm the Angels, I'm worried about it because you were expecting him to be a guy who will eat up innings, keep his ERA around 415, 425, something like that. And you know, not a great star, but somebody who will who will toe the line and, and hold things together. He's not been that guy. What do you
3: do with him? What do you? Do? I mean, he's not the only problem though in the pitching staff. But I was,
2: I understand that. But look, he was the guy who was supposed to come in and eat innings of all those guys, though. Okay, we already knew that Pena Pena was maybe or maybe not going to work. We already knew that other guys like Berea may or may not work. So I'm looking at him and going. Who was supposed to be the person who anchors everything, not really as an ace, but he'll eat innings for you, and he's not eating the innings?
3: Nobody's eating the innings. That's, I mean, we have one guy that that uh, is, I think, averages over five innings. And, that, that's and he, has, really... he has over six, he has, he has over six ERA. so... That's scary to me. nobody nope yeah it's 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 depressing last year i thought it would last year i blamed Sosha. last year i got frustrated with Sosha because he'd pull people out when they were when they were i thought they still had something in them and and went to the bullpen so that was my biggest frustration from otani all the way down kid, are you kidding me you're pulling them out in the fifth this year we're pulling them out in the fifth out of necessity
2: well yeah and what do you do about that? Well, the only thing you can do are two-fold. You start turning away prospects or folks on the roster who you know you feel are expendable, mm-hmm. or you go sign a free agent like Dallas Cutchell who's going to cost you an arm and leg. You mean prospect-wise arm and leg or cash? Cash, because he's free agent. And you can go after him after, you know, I think it's June 7th or something like that without having to pay a price for it. But I just look at that and go, no, no. Folks want to sign Dallas. I get him. I get that. You want a guy who eats for you, but he's not who everybody thinks he is. Look at his numbers. He is on the downside of his career. He's not a strikeout guy. You need somebody who can get those strikeouts, especially... With that Angels pitching staff being in what it is, you need that guy, and that's not who he is at this point. He's he's not a fit. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg to the point where it won't do anything for you. And he, he may—I think he wants to sign only wants a one-year deal. By the way, I could be wrong. I was reading that Ken Rosenthal wrote about that. I just don't—I don't think it's wise.
3: Stay away from him. Well, that's cause you're rational and I'm more irrational. I, I, I wanna see I mean I mean the ER our, our, our team ER is four point nine oh. I'm I mean, with our, you. But yeah what's it's the plan, a, John? don't you have to have a leader, one leader, one person who grabs the leader, uh, leader of the staff uh, you know, baton and and at least we know when we get to that, you know, it could have been Shohei Otani, but um, it's not gonna be
2: this year. But what's the plan, John? Go back, go back. What's the plan? Are you are you trying to build through youth? or Are you just trying to have guys service stop gaps?
3: But I don't see any in, in the top as far as top prospects in in pitching for the Angels.
2: You got a couple guys coming up who look interesting, and that's kind of what I want to see. That's where I'm going. Yeah. I think at some point here, you guys start thinking about some of these pitching prospects. Like you know, we already have Griffin Canning up. Who else can be ready soon? You know, and. There are a couple of guys out there that we should be paying attention to right now. Sandoval's for, for example, is one. Pay attention. And you know what? Maybe if if the team is contending come June, here in you know, a couple of weeks and the team is still sticking around, maybe you go back and readdress Kuchel, okay, and think, you know what? Let's just pay him the money prorated for the rest of the year. Let's just go for it with him. And maybe he'll be an anchor and help keep the rest of your bullpen healthy maybe you think about that but you definitely don't go
3: more than one year because he's not your future but you know as an angel fan and we've watched like our young people come up the tyler skaggs and andrew heaney's and waiting for them to turn into something and they're just they're just average at, well they just can't stay just healthy the- they're never going to get in a groove if they can't stay healthy Oh, okay whatever but they're not, not just the, I'm just this saying. is you know watching the youth grow now can Griffin canning I'm'm I'm, I'm excited as anybody about Griffin canning and uh but you know I, I you know I don't know uh, yeah yeah I mean I, I can be patient as long as I know that there's some potential uh I think fans can be patient but but I want to see yeah well Griffin canning he was exciting he was and uh, the 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 fans were excited so Real quick, just, by, just
2: some side notes in today's game. Uh, Shelby Atani left nine people on base today. That's ew, probably his worst case He's in back one for six, left nine on. That's a bummer. But he's still hitting 294. We'll take it. Brian Goodwin, four for four today, so he's out of a slump. Uh, Jonathan McCroy, I mentioned they he went two for four, three RBIs. And, of course, like I mentioned earlier, the, the rookie, Jared Walsh, he's a guy who replaced Justin Board in the lineup with three for five. So that's... That's nice. So we're starting to see that farm system pan out. Really quick, you know, before we, you know, get get Jared Timson on line here, we do want to just let you know, hey, if you're looking to get involved with Talking Halos as a sponsor, contact us at talkinghalos@gmail.com and, you know, let us know you're interested, okay? Or leave us a voicemail 657-666-5453. All right. So, here we go. It is time for Jared Timms. Check him out. He will give us a full lowdown on the farm system situation and where the Angels are going in the draft. Again, Jared Timms from the Diamond Digest. Check it out. All right, folks. I'm here with Jared Timms from the Diamond Digest. He covers the Angels and their farm system for the uh, for Diamond Digest. And I'm glad to get you on the phone here, um, or whatever it is, podcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm glad you're here. I have lots of questions concerning where the Angels are going for the draft, the buildup of the farm system, and so on and so forth. And, you know, it looked like you you uh, would have some information for me. So, how you doing?
1: I'm, I'm doing fantastic. You know, just, you know, gearing up for, you know, the intense summer, you know, we'll be going through and minor league games and major league games and all that fun stuff. And I'm excited to be on the show with you tonight. Well, I appreciate you
2: coming on, and uh, let's just get right into it. Jared, uh, just a couple years ago, the Angels farm system was ranked among the worst in Major League Baseball. Actually, most analysts had them ranked dead last. What have the Angels been doing down on the farm system to rebuild it, and how successful do you think they've been?
1: Oh, I think they've been, I mean, I think everybody knows, they've been just incredibly successful with their farm system. Like you said, they were historically bad. I mean, not like just generally generationally bad or anything like that they, they were historically bad and in the farm system and they've jumped their way up to i i personally think non-biased they're the top 10 farm system or getting pretty close to it after this draft i think they they have a good chance of shooting in the top 10 farm systems uh you know a couple of things they've done really well is uh they, they found talent where people you know don't normally find talent in the late rounds of drafts and you know, Jared Walsh, Jose Rojas, or a guy like Isaac Matson. just name a few. I know a couple of those guys are f- fan favorites, and I know people are going to want to see them up soon. Um, but uh, they've done a great job of that. And then they've done a great job internationally with guys like Trent DeVoe, Deshaun Knowles, Kevin Maetan, and LeVon Soto. Um, and some smart trades, not just good trades, some smart trades, you know? Getting guys that you know didn't have too much time and flipping them for... You know, guys that have a chance to make a real impact in the farm system real soon. You know, Patrick Sandoval, Luis Madero, Ty Butcher, who we've already seen up. You know, just a couple of, you know, really good guys. And then I think the huge thing is developing their high draft picks, such as, you know, Joe Adele, Griffin Canning, Brandon Marsh, Chris Rodriguez, just to name a few of those guys. You know, they, there's so many more that I could name, but I think they've done all four of those things exceptionally well under Billy Epler and Matt Swanson. And I think you know they just have you know they're they're just going to continue to rise and I, I really think that they modeled their system after the Cubs after they how they won their World Series and you know it's just it's a lot of fun to see how they've grown in the past two three years since I've been really watching you know the farm system and the Angels in general so
2: it's interesting you say that because. Like, for example, when Griffin Canning was drafted, he was mainly seen as a four or five in rotation guy. Now, there's talk of him maybe developing into a, a full ace one day and definitely a two or a three. What are the Angels seeing in these in these drafts to be able to kind of pull these things out of players once they get into their system?
1: You know, I mean, I think Epler's done a great job of preaching athletes, you know, and whether it's Jordan Adams or Griffin Canning, like you mentioned, or Joe Adele, I think they're really just looking for athletes who can just, you know, flat out play the game no matter no matter what they can do. So, you know, I think that's a, that's a big part of it, to be honest.
2: So, and then, right now, what are some of the weaknesses you still see in the Angels farm system?
1: I mean, there's always going to be weaknesses in certain places. And, and I, it, it's really hard to tell where. Um, I mean, per team... You, I cover Inland Empire, you know, a lot out there, and you know the hitting is not the best. They don't have anybody that's going to wow you out there. But I mean, they're pitching—I I said it in, you know, I, I guess I'll throw a little plug my way. I said it, I said it in an article when uh, uh, earlier this year, and I, I just think that their pitching was one of the best, you know, in in the you know in the minor leagues. Let alone, you know, obviously they've been made some moves and such, but. I just think that there's not, not too many weaknesses out there at all, which is which is a really, really good thing.
2: Now, what about the strengths? What's going on in terms of the the farm system itself and where we can rest easy and knowing that certain positions are taken care of and are going to be fine in the coming years?
1: I think, honestly, I mean, we're, we're seeing it. I don't know when everybody's going to listen to this. I think we're seeing it tonight. The Angels went out there with two players. In, like that, can truly play the outfield, and David Fletcher. So I think really in the farm system, they've really pushed everybody can play everywhere, and I think that's where you know athletes come into play. I mean, I just I think it really showed tonight with how the Angels put, like I said, just Trout and Goodwin. Obviously, Fletcher can play the outfield, and you know if something happens, or in GFO can play the outfield too. But uh, but yeah, I think you know everybody can play everywhere. Um, Jemai Jones has been playing the outfield and infield. Um, Jose Rojas can play infield, basically every position in the infield and the outfield. Uh, Jared Walsh, Walsh can pitch. I mean, yeah, two way. Shohei Otani can. I mean, he's not a prospect anymore, but you know, they he's he's a two way. Um, so, I mean, I just think that everybody, and I think it's not just the Angels. Everybody in around the league is you know trying to do you know their best at this, and it's it's working out really well for the Angels right now, and we'll, we're going to continue to see it.
2: So, looking at the draft. And given all the strength and weaknesses of the farm system, how do you expect the Angels' front office to approach this draft with the 15th overall pick, and what would be your overall strategy?
1: Oh, uh, uh, I mean, it, it's right now it's, it's, it's really tough to tough to tell what it's going to be. I mean, just looking at some mock drafts that have come out, you know, Eric Langerhan has he just came out with one um, with fan drafts, and Taylor Blake Ward just came out with his second one, and both of those guys had had pitchers going which was surprising to me, um, especially with the way that they've gone the past two years, you know, Joe Adele, Jordan Adams. um, And I, I don't, not that I don't necessarily like taking a pitcher. I just, I think that it, it's going to be the best player available at the time. So, I mean, if it is a pitcher, then that's probably the way they're going to go. If it's a prep outfielder or prep infielder, that's probably going to be the way that they go but uh, but yeah, you know it's 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 going to be very interesting, and I think we won't know until in- it happens. Unfortunately, I, I know that's horrible to say, but I just I think it, Billy Epler does such a great job of keeping everything under wraps so that we just we won't know much until I mean maybe the day of the draft, but yeah, so we'll 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 see what happens. Oh come on, give me throw me a bone here. Are, are there any names
2: <laughs> out there that you, you've been kind of thinking will be a good fit for the Angels?
1: Personally, I have a few. Uh, I know that, uh, let's see, um, Daniel Espinall was one of those guys that if he's there, uh, you know, uh, he moved up from Puerto Rico uh, two years ago to play baseball here in the United States. And, you know, his fastball is anywhere from 94 to 96, touches all the way up to 99, even into the hundreds, which is, you know, really good for an 18-year-old. I personally, if Cameron Meisner, um, an outfielder out of Missouri is there. I think he's probably the, you know, one of the best all-around players in this draft that you can get. Um, he can play a little bit of first, too. So, again, it's one of those guys who can possibly play both maybe a little bit infield, a little bit of outfield. Um, let's see. Who else do we got? Seth Johnson, who's actually a pitcher um, out of Campbell University. So he's going to be one of those guys that you know might not get too many looks here if they draft him. Um But he's, you know, 91 to 95, can touch 98 with, you know, good movement, good off-speed pitches. Um, Gunnar Henderson, a prep shortstop out of Alabama. Um, If you want to, you know, continue the trend with Alabama shortstops like Jeremiah Jackson last year, I think he's probably the best, you know, prep shortstop in this year's draft, Henderson. Um, And then uh, if you want to go with the most athletic player in this draft, it's going to be Maurice Hampton. Um, he's committed to play cornerback at LSU next year. So, I mean, there's no problem with athleticism there. I honestly, and I'm going to be the only one that says this, and if people listen to this, they may be a little surprised. I think he has a chance to, he has a higher ceiling than Joe Adele um, when it's all said and done. But he, you know, just hasn't played enough baseball really yet to really put it all into perspective. And I I think that, you know, we'll see it wherever he goes. I think Maurice Hampton is going to be a real star, and a real fine for somebody in the late first round, even and in, maybe into the second round if he falls that far.
2: Well, then, how confident are you that he'll play baseball instead of football down the line? Uh,
1: I mean, it's I'm more confident than Kyler Murray. Uh, I you can I mean it's it's one of those things where I if we want to get into the Kyler Murray talk, I think that Kyler Murray made the right decision because um, I mean you can always go back to baseball. Um, as weird as that sounds, I think. At the end of the day, and I, I said it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think that Kyler Murray is going to be a, a better baseball player than a football player. But I mean, why why not go make the thirty five million? I think it was thirty five million dollars over four years that he can go make in football, then go sit in rookie ball in Arizona where it's a hundred degrees, one hundred and ten degrees every day for a year year and a half until he develops. And then you know it could be a long route, and you never know. He might not make it to make big money for the the A's or he might not have so you know he can always come back I mean and then he he could always become one of the best football quarterbacks in the world too so I mean there's just special talents like that but Maurice Hampton I mean if they he gets the right amount of money from a team and I think everybody's gonna say this he's gonna probably take the money instead of going to lSU um i I don't want to speak for him because I don't know you know too much about him I just started looking at the draft but I would assume that, you know, if given the right amount of money, he, he'll take the money to play baseball.
2: So you already kind of touched on it. But what attributes do you believe GM Billy Eppler looks in for younger players?
1: I, I'm going to continue to preach it. I think he looks for athletes, athletes everywhere. Uh, and, you know, whether it's, uh, I'll throw another name out there, you know, William English, who the Angels drafted last year, a two-way guy. just Just a, you know, a freak of an athlete who can, Pitch and can hit, and I think we'll see a lot more of it this year wherever he starts. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think he looks for athletes in general who can just freak athletes, you know, who can play everywhere. And you know, like I said, follow follow what the Cubs did and what Theo Epstein, Epstein did to win the World Series. There, I think that's going to be the huge key.
2: So you mentioned something earlier in the conversation with the Cubs and their farm system. It took a little bit of time to build it back up again, and they went and won a World Series, and they've been competitive ever since. By the way. How far away is the Angels farm system to contributing as significantly as the Cubs did for their world
1: title? I think we're seeing it in waves right now. You know, like, last year we saw just a small snippet of what the Angels can do with, you know, we saw Hermosillo, who's on the DL or IL right now, uh, David Fletcher. And then, you know, this year now we're seeing Luis Renifo and Griffin Canning. And, uh, Jose Suarez is right around the table, right around, you know, Matt Thice is right around, you know, the corner. Um, and then, you know, you got guys that are going to be, you know, going to be maybe a year or two away that are going to be big time contributors, Brandon Marsh, Jemai Jones, Joe Adele. So, you know, I really think they're coming in waves and I think that this year is a great, you know, learning point, um, turning point, learning point, uh, whatever you want to say about it to the Angel system and, you know, really developing good young stars.
2: So. Okay, so this is a bit of a deeper question because many people don't know. I mean, what most people understand is, yes, each team has their own kind of international system of scouting and, and developing. But people don't really know the ins and outs of it. So the Angels themselves are sort of willing to go overseas. They found that in Otani. They got You mentioned a couple of guys earlier, including um, – his name just escapes me. It's was, it was tip t- t- my tongue, and I forgot already. Um, but Molganetan is one of them. What can you tell us about their international scouting and player development system?
1: Oh, they do a fantastic job. And, I mean, when we if you want to talk about player development, I think that we really saw how they're working on it over this offseason. Um, they hired a whole bunch of guys from driveline. I mean, I, at least four or five guys um, from driveline. To try to keep guys as healthy and you know producing at a high level for as long as they can, I think that's a huge part of the development. Um, and I mean, not not really off topic here, but the first thing I noticed at an opening day out in the Empire was the different stretches and different things that they were doing. You know, the starting pitchers were doing with you know bands and uh, J bands and you know elbow exercises and etc. I mean, there's so many different things that they they were doing and i was just like all right man what what do we got going on out here and i you know i was talking to one of the guys out there and they're just saying you know this organization is completely different now than what it used to be and i i think we really we're really going to see we really going to see how it how it develops um international wise i they do they do an unbelievable job as well i mean i think that's a huge part of the game when you look at you know what tampa tampa bay is doing or Houston or New York, I mean big decently good market teams like that. Um, not that Tampa's a big market, but they get a lot of international, young international stars. Uh, I, I I think the Angels definitely rank up there and I think the fact that they got, you know, Shohei Otani and uh, Kevin Maetan and Levon Soto last year were big statement points to how well the, you know, scouting and development has, has done for this organization.
2: Give us your final thoughts as well will well, get your final thoughts on the angels heading into this draft, where you see things going in the future for them. And also let people know where they can find you on social media.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, some final thoughts. I, I'll give you who I, right now. I think that they're going to take Maurice Hampton. Um, just my gut feeling. Um, don't want to, you know, to my own horn, but I've been right with the first round in the last two years. Um, like I said, I don't want to toot my own horn. Anything can happen, but you know, it's, it, it's cool that I've been right about that. Um, so I think they're going to go Maurice Hampton in the first round, um, and then they're going to look after some pitching. Um, next thought, uh, I'll, I'll say that Joe Adele, just because we haven't talked about him nearly enough, um, Joe Adele will be the starting center fielder. Uh, bold statement, too. Starting center fielder, or Starting right fielder, sorry next year for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um, And then last but not least, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Jared underscore Tim's.
2: All right. What about your work? Don't forget your work. Oh, of course. Where can people read your
1: stuff, man? Oh, you can find me on Diamond (laughs) Diamond Digest. uh, Kind of an up and coming little uh, website. What's going on? A lot of, a lot of good young stars in the making with Diamond Digest. Um, Find them on, Twitter as well, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I think we have some, at least one or two people covering almost every team. So, I mean, even if you're not looking for Angel stuff, it, you can you can find it there.
2: <laughs> uh, we're looking for Angel stuff. I know. I know. All right. <laughs> so, hey, we're, we're going to have you come come back after the draft and give us your full breakdown and give us your
1: thoughts, and, and we'll hope to keep in touch. Of course. Anytime you guys want me on, I'm extremely excited to be on with you guys.
2: All right. Thanks so much, and, and have a great one.
1: Not a problem. Me too.
2: So, John, overall, what are your thoughts with the farm system? Are you
3: happy with the progress is made? Well, it's it's yeah, it's a lot better than it was. It's improved dramatically. I'm just not a I'm just not a, a, a patient guy. I'm I'm a I, I like what's on the field. In fact, I, I told you, and I'm committed. I will go out to uh, see the in the Empire 66ers this year because they're not that far away from me, and I do need to get more uh, more involved in the farm uh, the farm system. Um, I'm, you know, Jared gave us a little optimism there.
2: Yeah, he did. He was he's very positive about the team's future, and I really like where we're going. Okay, folks, this is actually going to be a two parter because we had so much stuff for you, and. Well, it's also time for us to go in the meantime. So tune in tomorrow night because we will go ahead and and drop the next podcast. We'll have the Royals guy coming on. I want to to tell you who it is. It's a surprise. And then later on this week we have our wonderful interview from the L.A. Times. So stick with us. We will be right with you again tomorrow night talking more Angels baseball. Don't forget to on Twitter at Talking Halos and search for our page on Facebook as well. You can find me at DC Apollo. I'm Derek C Apollo. You can find John Crane at Jags Crane John on Twitter as well. Don't forget, on Spreaker, iTunes, we're on Stitcher. We are getting around. We're on Spotify. I'm telling you, we're on Spotify. Believe me, I'm I keeping a promise here. I and- told my kids that's exciting, Spotify. <laughs> I like, I like, I like to Spotify. <laughs> yep, sure is. All right, so with all that in mind, we got to go. Have a great one. Take it easy, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night.